Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Alex here. I just wanted to say quickly before the episode began that I'm getting this out as soon as possible. Chase and I recorded around 4.30 or so on the deadline today, and I know I'll say it a couple times during the episode, but I figured I'd let everyone know beginning. There will be a couple times probably throughout the episode where there's a bit of delay or a stutter and we're not sure what to say. Uh, that's usually in there. I just usually edit it out uh, after, but... Yeah, you're going to hear pretty much everything. It's a long episode today, and I want to get it out as soon as possible. There's so much that happened in the trade deadline. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Back this week is Chase McCallum. Um, we have a very, very busy day of trade deadline stuff to break down. We are currently recording at 4.41 Eastern Time, so the deadline was passed about an hour and 40 minutes ago. Uh, so it's very fresh. I'm hoping to have this out tonight, probably by about 7 or 8 Eastern Time. Uh, so if there is any more trades still coming, we will break them on the podcast, but it looks like most of the big trades are done. And so uh, with that, let's get underway. We're going to start with the Senators. So they traded their big three UFAs just like we thought they would, and they did nothing else. What do you think of the returns on... We'll start with the Matt Duchesne trade. So Matt Duchesne traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets along with Julius Bergman, who's going to the SHL this year. Sorry. Um, who's going to the SHL this year. Uh, in return, they got Vitaly Abramov, Jonathan Davidson, uh, 2019 conditional first-round pick, and a 2020 conditional first-round pick. Uh, so the conditions on the 2019 is it's just lottery protected. If it's a top three pick, it'll move to a 2020 first-round pick. And the conditions on the 2020 first-round pick is if Matt Duchesne re-signs with Columbus, Ottawa will get the first-round pick. If not, It'll be nothing. So most likely one first-round pick. Maybe. I could see a situation where Panarin and Bobrovsky both walk, and they go, oh, crap, we need to throw a boatload of money at someone, and that someone's Duchesne. Yeah, I could imagine it. I wouldn't say it's terribly likely, but overall, I thought, like, as long as you think of what you gave up to get Matt Duchesne as sunk cost, like, don't evaluate the return for this in terms of the probably future first overall pick. It was a fine trade. Yeah, I thought it was okay, too. I, I At the time, I said it, I said it wasn't, uh, I'm not sure I want to call it a win for Dorian, but it definitely wasn't a loss. No. Uh, it depends kind of what you think of Abramov. I'm not a huge prospects guy. There's some people who are pretty high on him, other people who aren't quite as high on him. He torched the QMJHL for a little bit and just has kind of struggled in his first year with Cleveland. But we'll see how he plays in Belleville for the year with some other younger guys. And I definitely think there's potential for an NHL player there which is good. Uh, so then you look at the other first-rounder, and you, you kind of hope that maybe Columbus re-signs Duchesne, and you uh, you get the benefits of a second first-rounder as well. Yeah, that would make it really nice if they got two first-rounders. I think what I would have liked to see is that pick be a fourth-round pick or something, and then the condition is if they re-sign him, it turns into a first. Yeah, so you get a guaranteed pick. Yeah, like I'd rather see a guaranteed pick, and then if Duchesne walks, Duchesne walks, but you still get something, not just all in or nothing. I've never understood the condition of, like, if Duchesne resigns there or not. Why does the team trading out the player make that? Like, what diff? It's not like they're at a disadvantage if they turn around and resign. Well, it just looks better for, like, rental purposes. So we'll get to this when it gets to Mark Stone. But if you're getting 
six months of the player versus eight and eight years and six months or eight and a half years or whatever. I think it is a huge difference. You're not just giving up said player uh, for the six months. If you know that there's going to be a signed condition and you're the reason that they allowed that because you allowed the team to talk to them for six months by trading them, you want something extra. Like, I get a little bit extra, but, like, he's only under contract with you for six more or however many more months anyways. Like, it's not like that, like, doesn't matter where he signs with after, right? Like, I get wanting a little extra because they get extra time to negotiate with the player or whatever, but it's not like it makes a huge difference. I don't know. I think it does. Like, if he signs... I think six months is a long time, especially with the potential of an actual playoff run, as we'll get to in a little bit with the East playoffs, but... I think if you give them the six, so if you're Ottawa, you look at it as you gave Columbus another, what, six months or whatever, four months to to negotiate with them. And let's say Columbus does go on a playoff run. That's because of Columbus. But again, Ottawa gave you that thing. Ottawa's going to want something if you resign. So Ottawa knows that it wasn't just a rental. I think it's totally fair. You know, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's smart for a team to say, okay, we're the reason you're allowed to resign this guy early you should be giving us something else for it. Well, obviously, if you can get more in the conditions, get it. But I don't get why you would negotiate for that instead of a guaranteed pick. Well, I just don't think they'd want to give up a guaranteed pick. Okay, I guess if the team isn't willing to give it up. But, like, it makes no difference to Ottawa if Matt Duchesne signs in Columbus or Washington. I I highly doubt that Columbus is going to give up two first-rounders with the chance that they don't actually re-sign Matt Duchesne. But do you think they'd give up a first and then a second? I Instead, doubt it. Or a first and a third? I doubt Well, that's why I think if the condition, it would probably be a first and a third with the condition that you move up is what I would like to see. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't know if Columbus would do that, though. Maybe a first in Abramov was enough for them as a, as a rental point of view. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. Um, and then you got Ryan Dezingle. I really like this trade uh, for Ottawa's perspective. I think when we'll get into the other trades. Obviously, we have a lot to get into. This probably will be a long episode. But when you get into the other trades, what the wingers went for uh, that kind of looked like Ryan Dezingle, I think Dorian really crushed this one. Uh, I think this was his best of the three trades in terms of relative. relative. Yep. Uh, so what they got back was Ryan. So they gave up Ryan Dezingle in the seventh, and they got back Anthony Duclair and a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick from Columbus. I really like this. I think the the two seconds is good. I, I think that's better value than just another late first. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and and them being 2020 and 2021, those those years to me, especially if Panarin walks, uh, have a much better chance of Columbus not being anywhere near as good as they are this year. I think this is the Agreed. best year. So you try and stay away from 2019 picks. Even say they re-sign Matt Duchesne and they're okay next year. I don't see them being as good as they do as they are this year. Yeah, even if they re-sign Duchesne, but then Panarin and Bob walk, they're still worse than the team that's currently sitting in like ninth place. Exactly. So, I think for me, and Duclair, you look at Duclair, consistency's been his biggest issue, but it's not like he's not an NHLer. Yeah, I really loved about the both of the Dezingle trade and the Duchesne trade was Rather than wasting the extra spot on a guy like Brendan Lemieux, like what in a trade we'll get to later, or in a like uh, Oscar Lindbergh, like another trade we'll get to later, I really like getting Duclair back, a young guy with upside, and getting Abramov back, a young guy with upside. For sure. And yeah, Duclair's the exact kind of project you want to be taking on if you're Ottawa. I mean, he's a guy who just hasn't been able to find consistency. You know, there's been some attitude issues that have been said. Who knows? But 
you can give him a legitimate role to try and play in in the middle six or even your top six this year. And yeah. it's at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, you let him go. Yep. If it does work, perfect. You have some kind of useful NHL or even if that's a fourth liner. You yeah. get two second rounders and a fourth liner for a guy who's going to be a rental. That's pretty good. That seemed fine to me. And hey, maybe you re-sign him. You get a third round pick out of him again next year or something e- like that. Exactly. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that this was the... Uh, best of the three trades he made, especially relative uh, re- relative to market, it didn't bring in the best asset. But obviously, considering the player they gave up, I think they got the most relative to who they gave up. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not like Ryan Dzingel's a fine middle six forward or whatever, but yeah, I think that he's having a career year in terms of points and stuff this year. I don't think his value will ever be higher than it is now. And I think the people no. I can kind of understand wanting to sign him to a four or five year deal, but just for having a player there for the rebuild. The problem with me is. He doesn't drive play. He's the guy. No, he's the guy who, uh, when you look at stats and if you just kind of look at play driving stats, his aren't going to look real great. And there's a reason for that is because he needs to be the second or third best player on his uh, line. And that's okay. There's, you know, you can use players like that. He's a very offensively gifted in terms of using his speed and being able to shoot Mm -hmm. coming down the wing. But he needs to be put in a uh, position to succeed. And he just, with Ottawa's talent level, he just wasn't there. Um, I think in Columbus, he will look a lot better alongside whether it's, you know, Duchesne and and Panarin or Pierre-Luc Dubois or whoever. Uh, I think that'll fit him a lot better. That's the other nice part about trading to Zingle is if you signed him, like, he was in the best position to succeed right now that he was going to be in for the foreseeable future in Ottawa. Yeah. Like, if Ottawa signs him now, he's not going to get the minute or the same, like, equivalent of playing with Duchesne. No, he's not going to, yeah, he's not getting a better teammate than Matt Duchesne. No, not so, for that, well, not, most not likely for, not. Yeah, that unless they pick up, deal. like, Jack Hughes in two, or uh, not Jack Hughes, uh, Lafreniere. Uh, yeah, Lafreniere in two years. Um, and then we'll go to the big one, I guess, Mark Stone. So this one broke about 14 minutes before the trade dead, deadline ended, and it's got some mixed reactions, for myself included, I think, um... So Mark Stone to Vegas for Oscar Lindbergh, Eric Brandstrom, and a 2020 second-round pick that is Dallas's. Give me your thoughts on this, because I have a bunch of thoughts. I don't know if this is going to sound weird or not. I thought it was the best trade of the deadline from Vegas's perspective, and I also didn't think it was bad from Ottawa's. I would agree with that. I think it could have been better from Ottawa's. Yeah, like it would definitely. it wasn't like Ottawa hit this out of the park. I will say, though, getting Eric Brandstrom is much better than I thought they were going to Eric Brandstrom is a legitimate, like, blue-chip prospect who yeah. looks like he's going to be very good. Ask anyone who does scouting, and they love him. He's one of the better prospects I can think of that's been moved. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. I just didn't expect them to get a prospect of that quality. I mean, they got a better prospect for Mark Stone than they did Eric Carlson. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I loved... Like, not getting a first-round pick looks pretty bad on paper, but a theory I think Tyler Dello wrote about this was you're probably better off going all-in for, like, a blue-chip prospect than... Someone who could be a blue-chip yeah, prospect. than a late draft pick Yeah, it, it's like kind. the family guy. The mystery box could be anything. We've always wanted... Or it could even be a boat. You know how much we've wanted one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. I still would have liked to see them get more uh, mid-round to depth picks. You know, like, if this trade was Lindbergh, Brandstrom, a second, and then you make up for not having that first by adding a third and a fourth or something, or even a third and a fifth, I think that would have looked nicer. And the other thing I really would have liked to see is them get more compensation for Stone becoming uh, an eight-year deal with Vegas. Because he's—I don't know if he can officially sign it just yet, 
but the the term's already out. Nine point five million over eight years for Vegas. So he's not a rental. I think you have to wait till after the deadline, but I'm pretty sure it's like yeah, like, like the, the terms have already been released and like they said this is what's happening. Yeah, and I guess it is technically after the deadline, so maybe he has signed it now. Um, so that's where I really because uh, again, this is going back to the thing where we said just the, the discussion we just had about uh, Duchesne, but Ottawa should have known that if you're signing him right away, that's not a rental anymore. No, you're now getting this guy for eight point five years. So I would have liked to see Brandstrom plus some more. Uh, for the extra eight years, because that is a lot. That like Mark Stone's a premium player, top ten player in the league. Yeah, fifteen if you're really stingy. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the biggest problem to me. I I think it is good that they got a legitimate prospect back in Branstrom. The second round pick's pretty good too, but I would have liked to see more depth picks. I'm not even saying they needed to get a first, but if you knew that he was signing an extension, have uh. A condition that says if you sign him to extension, we get another second and another third or something like that, yeah. right? Like, that's my biggest problem. Something that I think could have helped Vegas's ability to add depth picks to this trade. Why the hell did the Senators want Oscar Lindbergh? Yeah, that's another. That like, was an underratedly like head scratching part of this deal to me. It's kind of like. It kind of reminds me of the same reason that they want the Mikel Bodkers in the trades and Chris Tierney's instead of like this this team always and again it's what it's why I was so impressed with Dorian because he took a guy like Duclair instead of just a yeah I love that a meh player like someone young that at least has some upside. yeah like Lindbergh's twenty seven already he's not getting any better than he is now and he's not very good now yeah like Duclair is a twenty three year old RFA so you still have his rights after this Lindbergh walks in three months or. T- probably less than three months, whenever the season's over. Like, what does Lindbergh add to the Ottawa Senators? Like, he's a fine The only thing I could think player. of is if Vegas wanted him as a contract gone or something, but then you need to be taking more assets in return. Yeah, or... Like, you shouldn't be wanting Lindbergh. Or if Vegas does say, we need to do this for a contract for a contract, you turn around and you flip Lindbergh for a fourth-round pick. Yeah, or yeah, like or if, just give make Vegas give you a fourth-round pick with that. Say, yeah. okay, like we'll take them, we'll take the money off your books, the contract off your books, but I, I want a pick for that as well. Yeah. That, yeah, it just, it doesn't... That confused, this, like the Lindbergh part really confused me. I would agree with that, and, and that's been the biggest problem with Ottawa over the past year is they're just... Their thought process is so clearly flawed that uh, they, they look for, you know, guys they can think as useful roster players to say to their team, hey, look, no, we're not that bad, instead of just going for stuff for the future. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like Lindbergh doesn't change your cup odds over the next five years. At no, all. Like, not at all. Like, not not the, even a little bit. He might not even be on this team in a couple months. Yeah, like, not that a fourth-round pick really changes it all that much, but it still adds the slightest little bit of value that... I don't get what Lindbergh provides yeah. at all. Not in terms of going forward. Yeah, uh, like, I get it was the smallest part of the trade, but that I thought that was very underratedly dumb. Yeah, make that a pick deal. instead of something else. Yeah. Or, yeah, even even a non a not very good prospect, like yeah. a C level prospect, I would rather see them take back Lindbergh. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, we're almost fifteen minutes in this podcast, and we are maybe a maybe ten percent done. So yeah. let's keep going. Let's go, uh, Columbus, we'll look at the other side. So we said with Stone real quick, I guess we should say, obviously Vegas makes them look real good. Uh, their top six is very scary. Uh, Terrifying. S- Stone, Carlson, Marcia So, Pacioretty, Statsny. Tuck. Tuck and Smith. Yeah. Uh, as the top seven, if you want to call them. 
we can get into that a little more because I, I do really want to uh, touch on the West playoff picture. But let's look at the other two returns uh, for the Sensrate. Uh, let's look at Columbus's perspective. So they have decided to go all in. And this is something we had talked about multiple times, what they're going to do. Do you think they made the right choice by just going all in on this year? I think this probably won't make sense that they made the wrong choice, and I love that they did it. So we, I think last time we said this, we were kind of on the thing that it was like you can't really blame them if they sell off their two big UFAs in Panarin and Dabrowski. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, we haven't seen a team in, in this situation ever because, I, again, like if this was any other team, I kind of understand just wanting to sell. Yeah. These teams never won a playoff series. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of if you're going to keep Panarin and Bob, add pu- to it. Push. Yes. Like, yeah. Don't if just you're going to do it. Yeah. Do don't, it. Don't just yeah. say, all right, we're just kind of sitting here. We're going to hope it works. Go for it. And uh, I think they really made a good case that they might not have to go through Tampa anymore, which is good. Yeah. And, and I think the Metro, I mean. Especially with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh making themselves yeah, worse. Yeah. Pittsburgh made themselves worse. We'll get into Washington's deal. Washington made a couple good upgrades. But they're still not the scariest team in the league. Yeah. And I don't think the Islanders are all that amazing either. Um, so I think it was really smart that uh, they, they that they did this uh, with how open the Metro is. I think it's a smart way to just go through it. If you can win two series against maybe some not a great guys, who knows? Maybe face Tampa or Toronto or Boston who's been beaten down by facing the other two teams for two rounds. So Yeah, like you can always get lucky. I do think, like, in the long run, like, five years from now, we'll look back and say, wow, Columbus would have been in a better position if they kept all of their picks and traded those guys. But I am impressed that they did this anyways, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think even in, uh, like, three years or two or three years, we'll look at and be like, oh, my gosh. Unless they go on a run and make the cup, even the cup finals, I think. But you know the if they win the cup, I, no one's going to question it. Obviously, definitely not. Uh, but if you know if they get bummed out in the first round or the second round, it'll it'll look a bit real bad right away. But I, I gotta I gotta applaud them for going for it. I respect doing this. We always say we get you know all the talk is always why can't it be more like the NBA where people just make, make rash decisions and go for it when they think they have you know a little bit of a chance, and that's what Columbus is doing. So I like it. I like it a lot. Um, they just have a third. And a seventh round pick this year. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if at the draft they maybe trade some of their guys who are RFAs or, you know, have a year left after. It depends what the playoffs bring, obviously, but, you know, maybe they try and recoup some assets back at the draft or trade someone like Bobrovsky so someone has an extra day, or even if that's for like for a fifth or sixth, because, yes, if you look at their draft board, they have no first, no second, no fourth, no fifth, no sixth, and Calgary seven. Next year, they might not have their first, they don't have their second, they don't have their third, they have their fourth, uh, they might not have their fifth, <laughs> they have their sixth and seventh, and then in 2021, they don't have their second rounder. No second round picks for three years. Yeah, and so uh, they literally could have five picks over the next two years. That's ridiculous. And only one of them being in the third, one, two, or third round. Like... Uh, so yeah, they're definitely all in. Uh, some of the other picks went away when they acquired Adam McQuaid. I really didn't like this trade. No, I don't think Adam McQuaid's very good at all, like even a little bit. Uh, they gave up a fourth and a seventh for him. Uh, this is one of the, the things where you just kind of, I felt like you're just making your team worse. Uh, I would pay a fourth and a seventh not to have an Adam McQuaid in my lineup. He's, he's so bad. Uh, 
Yeah, like he's a he's below replacement level player. He's known as, you know, the warrior or whatever, so people give that up for the intangibles and the grit. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, they gave up a fifth-round pick for Keith Kincaid. This move didn't make a lot of sense to me. That's Guess so as weird. depth. Uh, I mean, you've looked around the, the league and how many goalie injuries there's been, just how much teams have been hurting for goalies. But you have Jonas Corposalo as your backup, who's going to be your starter. He should not be sitting games because you uh, acquired Keith Kincaid. What are the odds they sign Kincaid to be Corpusello's backup next year? I could see that. I definitely could see that. Because Kincaid at least had one season as like a semi-starter in New Jersey, so maybe they think he's like... Okay. Man, he's really struggled yeah. this year, but yeah, I, I think that makes a little more sense. That might be it. I don't really have much an opinion on the Kincaid trade. I just don't think he should be taking games away from uh, no, Corpusello. I completely agree with that. It's my only thing with it. Uh move on then uh actually first do you think columbus is the favorites out of the metro now yeah i will yeah probably they gotta be close right yeah i think i probably say they are i mean honestly it might be them or washington it's hard to count pittsburgh out too but i never want to count pittsburgh out but my god the comparison trade is so hard to get past yeah um yeah i think that you could make it uh, definitely make a good argument for it I think it'll be pretty close, honestly, with all four teams, and maybe even Carolina. I think Carolina will be the fifth team there. I think with yeah, Barry sure. Trotz' effect in the Islanders, I think that'll give them a little bit of a boost too. I wouldn't really favor them in any series, but at the same time, it's not like it's it's not like a Tampa versus an eighth seed where you think one team's just going to get smoked. Like I think anyone has a chance in the Metro. Yeah, it's not like Vegas getting to play LA last year, sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, so the New York Rangers, they acquired. Uh, or sorry, they traded away Kevin Hayes and Zuccarello. Start with the Zuccarello thing. Uh, you hate to see it, so he goes to Dallas uh, for oh, a conditional God, second, yeah. conditional third. Both of the conditions are that they can turn into first-round picks. So the condition is on the second. If the Stars advance to the third round of the playoffs and Zuccarello plays in 50% of the games in the first two rounds, it becomes a first in 2019. Uh, the 2023rd, if... Uh, Stars re-sign Zuccarello, it becomes a first. So another, there's so many conditions on the trades this year. It feels like more than ever. Yeah, more than usual. Uh, so Matt Zuccarello goes, scores a goal, gets an assist in the first period with Dallas, blocks a shot and breaks his arm, yeah. and he'll be out for four weeks. That sucks. Poor guy, yeah. But he will be back in time for playoffs, so that's good. What did you think of this trade for Dallas and for the Rangers? I don't know if I'm just higher on Zuccarello than everyone else, but I thought it was kind of underwhelming from the Rangers' perspective. Yeah, I think it can be good, if you again, if you get those two firsts. Yeah, obviously. In terms but of not firsts. getting a guaranteed first kind of sucks. Yeah, um, like, this puts Zuccarello slightly below Dezingle, and I think Zuccarello is a much better hockey player than Ryan Dezingle. Well, and that's part of the thing where I really think that Dorian did a good job, especially when you're comparing it to the wingers at market value, is what I was saying. I mean, this trade came out, I think, 25 minutes after the Dezingle one was announced, yeah, was and we kind of went, then. oh, wow, like, okay, that makes it look a lot better. Because I totally agree with you, and I don't think, again, I, I spent a lot of the day preaching that, you know, a second and a third probably is worth just as much as a late first, maybe even a little more. Yeah. So I'm not going to get too worked up about this, but yeah, in terms of the player they're getting away, I thought maybe that you could probably get a guaranteed kind of pick or a little more. Again, if Dallas does go to the third round, which it doesn't look great i would not bet any money on dallas they're going probably the seventh best team now in the west like there's a Eight? distinct six five favorites in the west i would say six maybe so you got calgary san jose vegas 
St. Louis, Nashville, oh, yeah. Yeah, Winnipeg. Six. You're right. There's a distinct six good teams in the West, and then there's everyone else. And Dallas not being in that six, I would say it's very, very unlikely this pick becomes a first. Yeah, and I mean, maybe I could see them re-signing him, maybe, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I like it from Dallas's perspective in terms of they definitely needed forward depth. Yeah, I like it. Um, this is, again, this is kind of, the core is getting older in Dallas. I don't think a lot of people know that. they got Heisken in now, who's nice and young. But, I mean, so Ben and Second are both getting up there in age. And I don't think this team has a great chance of going for it. But at the same time, you kind of just got to go for it. Yeah, like this team's very mediocre. But, I don't know, I guess add when Ben's 29, like you're not getting much better. No, and I mean, say against 27. Radulov's 32. Like, I don't see a scenario in which this team, like, is a true cup contender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... But they also paid less than Zuccarello's worth, I think, so I can't really complain about it either. Yeah, anytime you can get a player to at least try and go for it, and, you know, who knows, maybe you get some great goaltending in the playoffs, and Zuccarello ends up looking like a decent bet because it helps your depth scoring as well, so. They actually have had good goaltending this year, which is really weird to say about Dallas. Yeah. Uh... Okay, then the Kevin Hayes one, they traded uh, Kevin Hayes for Brendan Lemieux, a conditional first. That conditional is the pick transfers to the Rangers only if the Winnip- if Winnipeg wins the 2018-2019 Stanley Cup. So if Winnipeg wins the Cup, they get a first. If not, nothing. Uh, and then a 2022 conditional fourth rounder. Uh, the conditions are, should the draft lottery render the 2019 NHL first round selection a top three pick, the Rangers receive 2020 first rounder. Wait. Oh, wait, no. Okay, sorry. Backwards. I got that backwards. I, I was got just going to say. The fourth rounders, if they win the cup, they don't get yeah, anything. Yeah, I was going to say. The first rounder is lottery protected. So a first and Brendan Lemieux, likely. Or maybe not even likely, but that's the big part. Yeah. I don't think Brendan Lemieux is that great of a prospect. Again, there's been some mixed things. Uh, he hasn't... He didn't... He's another guy who just didn't get a great shot in Winnipeg, and he he did do pretty well in the AHL. So I get why you would be looking to maybe take a chance on someone like him. But Winnipeg had like just so many good prospects as well that it kind of it feels underwhelming. Yeah, I have Nick Patan providing more value to Winnipeg in thirteen games than Brandon Lemieux did in forty four. Yeah, like he's not. He will not move the needle at all. He's not a horrific player, but he does not really make you better. No, and I guess the first is probably the uh, big part in that then. Yeah, without question, I'd say. So, again, it's it's a late first, but it's a first. Uh, and the Rangers have said they're rebuilding, and they want picks, so hey, good. Yeah, yeah, the Rangers are obviously doing a rebuild in the way everyone says to rebuild, which is just stockpiling picks, and this is another first-round pick. So Exactly. Uh, do you have anything else on that? What do you think of Hayes? I think he's a fine player. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps Winnipeg out. It kind of reminds me of the Statsny one. I don't know if it'll have such an effect as it did last year. but it's a lot like the Statsny one. It kind of reminds me of just like that. They needed that second-line center to really boost that line, and hopefully they can get line A going like Statsny did again last year. Yeah, you get a second-line uh, playmaking center for yeah, at the deadline. Yeah, because Winnipeg has not been good in the past two, two or three months, really. I mean, I think you'd be surprised to see them in very much so the bottom half of possession numbers and they are in the bottom half yeah it's kind of underrated how mediocre they've been they don't i don't want to say they don't scare me because they have so much high in talent but like they don't scare me in the way that it's just like all right uh 
the other worrisome thing is this isn't like necessarily new. They weren't blowing teams out of the water at five on five last year either. No, it was weird. They were great on five at five v five for so long, and then people are like, "Oh no, there's you know they don't have the goaltending, so it doesn't work." And then they get the goaltending, and they're suddenly not great at five on five. And it's like, "Oh, look at how good this team is. They yeah. got so much better." It's like, well, like they got goaltending. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing how much goalies can change it. But yeah, hopefully Hayes looks really good in Winnipeg. For their sake. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I don't really see a problem with it if I'm Winnipeg. Again, this is a team that you want to go for it. Uh, you have the high-end talent. You need to figure out how to play with it. But um, Kevin Hayes, I think, is a good add. Uh, you didn't pay over, You didn't overpay for someone like Wayne Simmons. Yeah, it's not like they went out and traded Sammy Niku in a third for Wayne Simmons. Exactly. So uh, that that's good. Uh, Winnipeg's other move was a minor one. They traded Nick Patan to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Pyle Lindholm. Bit of a head-scratcher for me here. I just didn't see anything like this coming from either side. I kind of get why Toronto did it. I think Patan is the higher upside, and uh, I like him uh, more as a player, I think. Yeah, this is, like, the exact kind of move I think everyone on hockey Twitter expected the Leafs to make once Kyle Dubas took over as the GM, and then they didn't really make anything like that. But here it is. Yeah, I just, I kind of looked at it, I was like, what? And... Uh, so a, b- a big reason that Toronto liked it was because uh, Patan is an RFA at the end of the season, whereas uh, Lindholm is a UFA. And again, I, I I just I don't find I get Patan wasn't getting a chance in Winnipeg, but I just don't find the sense in flipping him for another guy who's not going to get a chance probably in Winnipeg. Like, do you see Par Lindholm getting a better chance than Nick Patan should have had? No, like, Marlon Holm played on the Leafs' fourth line. I don't see a scenario in which the Winnipeg Jets are like, yes, we need Parlin Holm in our top six to see what he's got. Exactly. Like, maybe it's because cause Patan's just a winger, I think. He plays center, too. Does he? That makes no sense to me, then. Yeah, I don't get it So the all. only thing I could have thought of is maybe because uh, uh, Lindholm has played a little bit of center, but, like, I just don't get it. Unless, the, unless Winnipeg just truly feels that uh, Patan's not that good and... Lindholm was a marginal upgrade and then they just wanted to get out of it before they had to pay him or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Toronto uses Patan because I think Garrett Hole pointed this out a lot was Patan has this weird quirk in his numbers where when he plays with guys like Blake Wheeler, he makes them better. But then when he plays with the fourth liners, he makes them worse. So like he needs to be put in a certain position to succeed and it will be interesting to see if Toronto does that. But if they do put him in a position to succeed, I could see this looking like a steal for them. Yeah, me too. I just, yeah, I don't really see too many ways that this looks like a steal for Winnipeg, whereas I could see the reverse, definitely. Yeah, there's upside for Toronto. Winnipeg gets a slightly below replacement level player on purpose. Yeah, I just don't, I guess. I don't understand. Um, yeah, I really, that left me at a bit of a loss for words. And it's a minor trade, but still. I yeah, just, it's not going to kill them or anything. No, but... I just didn't really, really get it. Uh, we'll go Detroit. So they made they sold two guys. I would have liked them see uh, would have liked to see them do a little more. I think it's tough because so many of their guys have uh, no tr- no trade clauses and stuff like that. Oh, they kept Howard, didn't they? Yes, they did, and that that's one guy I really would have liked to see them move. I think there should have been a market out there for Howard. I would think. Uh, so. I think a team like San Jose could have benefited greatly from them, but San Jose uh, got another guy from them uh, in Gustav Nyquist. I like this trade a lot from San Jose, and I don't hate it from Detroit either. I was trying to think when we were talking about Zuccarello. It was Nyquist and Zuccarello are two guys I put in a tier 
pretty decently far above Dezingle, and they and, both went for less. Yes, and again, this was so. This was the other trade I was uh, referring to earlier. Uh, this is another one where it kind of went like, "Hey, there you go, Dorian." Like you kind of beat the market on this one. Yeah, like if given the choice, I would take Nyquist and uh, Zuccarello over Dezingle without thinking twice. Me too. And uh, the trade was. Oh man, I gotta dig down for this one. Oh, this happened early, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, this was at midnight today. Uh, oh, I'm way too far down now. There's so many just minor nothing deals yeah. in there. This one's probably not going to be edited very well either, so people are going to get to listen to this one. <laughs> All the way through. There, there it is. Okay, sorry. Uh, 2019 second round pick and a 2020 conditional third round pick. The conditions on the 2023rd. It'll be upgraded to a second round pick if the Sharks advance to the Stanley Cup final or Nyquist resigns with the Sharks. Again, so I don't see Nyquist re-signing the Sharks. I think if this is going to be a second-rounder, it's going to be because of the finals. Yep. Uh, I like it. Again, I love it from the Sharks. This gives them some real good forward depth. I think yeah. the, the other place they need to, to look at was their goaltending, and they didn't do that, unfortunately. But in terms of forwards and defense, this team looks really, really good. I love just trying to outscore your bad goaltending. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's fun, at very least. Mm-hmm. And I'm, Nyquist yeah. is a very good player that helps you do that. Yeah, and I mean... I don't know. It's not... I just don't... In, Martin Jones is very streaky for me. It's not like they're going into uh, the playoffs with Curtis McElhaney as their starter or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Martin Jones is probably still the 25th best goaltender in the NHL, so he is a starter. It's just below average. Yeah. But with this good team, you can win with that. You just need some fine goaltending from him. Exactly. He just can't cost you the series. And I really... I don't know if this is why they did this, but I can really understand the rationale if they went... Hey, goalies, goaltending is really random. We can be a lot more certain that Gustav Nyquist is going to provide a lot of positive value than Jimmy, Jimmy Howard yes. or whatever. I would agree with that as well. And that's why I do get it from uh, San Jose's perspective. And maybe that's just what a lot of teams thought, and that's why there wasn't a market for Howard. Yeah. I, I don't really know. But, yeah, I, I, you look at this team and uh, you just run down the names. Evander Kane, Logan Couture, Joe Pavelski, Thomas Hurdle, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Jonas Donskoy, Melko Carlson, Joe Thornton, Timo Meyer, like that's a pretty solid forward group right there. And then on the back end, I mean, it doesn't really need to be explained. Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, Eric Carlson is your top three right there. Uh, you know, Justin Braun along with them. Uh, Joaquin Ryan's been okay as well. Yeah. Uh, I, this is a good team. It's I, a great team. This is probably silently one of the favorites to come out of the West, I think. After a Nyquist edition, I have them with eight top six forwards, plus obviously a disgustingly good blue line. Yeah, and again, I think goaltending will obviously be the X factor here. Um, but like in terms of skill, this is probably one of the deepest teams out there. Yeah, it's not, like I think we're lower on Martin Jones than the vast majority of people, but I also... So I really don't want to bet on him, but I also think this team might be the favorites to come out of the West. I think you got to at least consider them, especially with the way Winnipeg has been playing in terms of their underlying numbers. I yeah. think if you look at raw talent, I could see a situation where Winnipeg could be. Yeah. But, I mean, Hellebuck hasn't played awesome this year either. And San Jose's just been crushing it at 5-on-5. Five five yeah, year. I mean, I don't know if Eric Carlson's still up here, but it, like the team was at, like, 55% Corsi while he was on the ice for a while. I think it's above that because they're 54 just in general, and I imagine his relative numbers are positive. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, you look at Corsica's, uh, well, daily face-offs ratings with Corsica's model. They have them as the ninth best first line, the sixth best second line, the fourth best third line with the additions here, and then the 18th best uh, fourth line. They have the best defense pairing, uh, the second best 
And this is without Eric Carlson in the lineup. They still yeah. have, or sorry, the fourth best defense pairing in uh, the first line, 16th and third. In So when you move those guys down, you're going to move Radim Simic, whoever that is, yeah. down. Eric Carlson's going to be there. You're going to have the first best defense pairing. And then you're also just going to look good on the second and third pairs as well. So, Yeah, they're a very good team. I have them with the, I think, first and second best defensemen in the league. I think Corsica has them with first and second best defensemen in the league too. Brent Burns is ranked number one right now. I imagine Carlson's probably there as well. My model has it flipped, but yeah. if you have both of them, that doesn't matter. Exactly. So, yeah, such a good team. Um, I yeah. guess we kind of got away from Detroit there, but... So in terms of Detroit, uh, they so they got Nyquist, they got the picks for that. Again, a little underwhelming considering what the the Zingle trade was. But when you're rebuilding, picks are good, and they did get a second and third, which is nice. It's not like they got like a sixth and a seventh or anything. Yeah, like you're not going to complain about getting a second and a third. No, and then so you look at what they uh, Nick Jensen. So they got a second round pick for that as well in 2020, uh, and Madison Bowie. I think people really overrate Madison Bowie and underrate Nick Jensen because I saw a lot of people saying Caps got ripped off. Madison Bowie's not a good player. No, getting Madison Bowie back would scare me. He's a 23-year-old that like is thought of very highly, and he would really scare me to be like a Cody CC type player who your coach trots out every single night despite the fact that he's a below-replacement level player. Yeah, and I don't think Detroit meant to do this, but for Detroit, that's probably good. In terms of tanking, uh, <laughs> that, that'll tank. help them for now. It just you need to know when to cut that off and say, "All right, no more." Uh, but yeah, it's. I don't think Bowie's a very good player. I think he's very overrated. Uh, that's all I really have to say on Detroit side. Yep. In terms of Washington's, I like it. I love. It reminds me of the Kempney deal last year. It's exactly like the Kempney. Didn't they sign him the exact same contract? Yeah, I think Kempney so. Two point five by four or for four years, two point five mil per. Uh, Jensen's a solid. Uh, guy in terms of analytics he he was sheltered until this year and then he stepped up into top four role this year and looked pretty good in the top four role this year too so again uh, this washington team you always want to count them out and then they made this deal and the carl Hagelin deal and it kind of it doesn't obviously make them wow immediate contenders but it does just give a little boost i think to the team it makes the defending stanley cup champions better yep and just good for them yeah and uh I'm trying to think of what the carl Hagelin one was uh, it was a third-round pick? Yeah, third-round pick and a conditional sixth. Uh, Washington shall transfer its 2026th round if Washington wins two or more playoff rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and Haglin plays in 50% or more of those games. Um, so if, Columbus, or if Washington wins the Metro. Yeah, if Washington goes to the third round and Haglin plays in 50% of those games, it'll be a sixth-round pick. Again, not big, but a third-rounder and a second-rounder to give up for... Uh, Bowie or not Bowie, uh, Jensen and Haglin. That's a pretty good price at the deadline. Yeah, that's great. I think, I think Wash- Haglin's one of like the underrated good pickups. Yeah, I I just he's not really a point producer, but he's been great defensively on a team that is like Washington's not a good defensive team at all. Pittsburgh wasn't great either. I don't think either. Right? No. Yeah. Like yeah, like he's a very good defensive player, and I think he will help because that is Washington's biggest weak weakness probably is five v five defense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just going to keep it rolling along here because we're already at 40 minutes and we probably still have at least another 20 minutes of content here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I said this will be a long one, but that's all right. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Uh, this was uh, one that happened before the deadline, I believe, just a day before the deadline, or two maybe. Is Brandon Montour. Where is this? Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about this trade. 
Was this yesterday? There it is. Brandon Montour for Brendan Gooley and a conditional first-round pick. The draft uh, pick will become either San Jose's or St. Louis, which Buffalo is both. So it's whatever the lower pick is. So whoever goes farther in the playoffs, Anaheim will get that pick. Very likely that'll then, I would assume one of those teams will probably make it out of the first round. I think if you're just betting odds, that's probably a decent bet that one of them might do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably going to be like a 22nd or below pick. Uh, again, I don't, what, okay, what are your thoughts on this trade? Um, I was confused. I had so mixed thoughts. Yeah, so I don't. I think people probably overrate what Brandon Montour's been doing, but at the same time, I feel like his analytics are probably brought down a little by the fact that he's played in such just an atrocious system. Yeah, that's uh one of the last things. Like we kind of act as if we kind of have like everything figured out with our current data, and we're basically just waiting for tracking data. But I think quality of coach is one of the biggest adjustments that is still to be made. And I would be will, nearly certain that Randy Carlisle was among the lowest quality of coaches in the league. I don't know if I could think of one true. Maybe Guy Boucher, but like... I wouldn't even go that far. Yeah, like... Like, at least Guy Boucher doesn't have a good team to work with. Yeah. Like, at least he isn't actively sewering a decent roster. Yeah, so what I look at that is Montour's... His results have just kind of been that of, like, a third-pair guy or, you know, maybe borderline second. Ivan was a number four. So if you even put that up to a number three then, with uh, if, you, if you factor in for systems, I kind of get it from Buffalo's perspective in the fact that I think what they need right now is clearly NHL defensemen on their blue line. Yep. Montour's not old. Uh, that's good. I think they did give up a pretty solid prospect in Brandon Gooley. Uh, he's not like a blue chip or anything like that, but a lot of Buffalo fans were kind of uh, disappointed to see him go. And so a first and Gooley for a guy you know is going to be something that you think Gooley could turn into. Yeah. I don't think that's a horrible trade. No. Especially because, again, you need this team needs to start growing now. Uh, this year's fine. Them just kind of being, you know, a little outside the playoffs. This is kind of where we thought they would be. But next year they need to see growth and they need defensemen like... Uh, Maybe a Montour to help them do that. Yeah, like if they can make Montour into a top four defenseman, this can look great. I don't know how certain I am of that, which is why this trade kind of confuses me. It's definitely a bold trade. I could see... Yeah. I think when I was talking about it, I could see a situation in where we look in five years and Buffalo won. I could also see a situation where Anaheim won. Or I could see where it actually benefited both teams. Yeah, I could see that. I like Anaheim... Being a bad team getting a first-round pick, though. Yeah, and Anaheim has drafted real well with their late first-rounders, so yeah. that, that should be encouraging for them as well. So Yeah, everyone's been ripping on Bob Murray a lot lately, but I do, based on his track record, like him getting more draft picks because he's crushed those. Yeah, let's stay in the East real quick here before we go three teams out West or two teams out West. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. their uh, deadline acquisition was Eric Goodbranson from the Vancouver Canucks. And they trade, not even they, they gave up a pick, they trade up Tanner Pearson for him. This is vintage Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't mean that in the good sense. <laughs> I mean it as the sense of back in 2013 when Sidney and Crosby and Evgeny Malcolm were at their peak, but they weren't winning Stanley Cups because the depth was so goddamn bad. Eric Goodbranson and presumably Jack Johnson as a pairing together because why not? Seems like that's what they want to get back to. I would say there's a legitimate chance. So there's a very, very good chance that either Eric Goodbranson and Jack Johnson are both on the ice for the same time to- at the same time for over a third of the game, or you have one of Goodbranson or Jack Johnson on the ice for two thirds of the game, and yeah. that's just not acceptable. That's horrific. That's terrible. And you give up a decent player in Pearson as well. He's yeah, not, Pearson's fine. Not like a needle mover or anything, but he is a legitimate. I'd say probably third liner. Yep. Like. 
Yeah, I have Gabranson as the Canucks' worst defender by a mile, and that's a team who everyone considers to have a terrible defense score. Yeah, I, I like the move a lot from Vancouver. Uh, yeah, uh, getting out of the other big thing, like, Gabranson is not a good hockey player relative to the rest of the NHL. And the other low-key bad part about this is he has two more years left after this one at $4 million, which makes this a home run for the Canucks to get out of that contract. And what are you doing if you're Pittsburgh bringing in that contract? Yeah, you already don't have cash rights to work with. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Absolutely idiotic. It's so stupid. This reminded me of the Michael Blake McCurdy uh, tweet where it's like, uh, if you could pay me a million dollars a year to just tell me, that I'll just tell you not to do something 12 times a year or whatever, yeah. and it would be worth it. Yeah, it would be worth paying some nerd a million dollars a year just to have said no to the Jack Johnson, Erica Branson signings for the Penguins. Or, I guess, not a signing for Branson. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. God, that was bad. Just, again, actively making your team worse is... Uh, yep. Again, giving up assets to do it. More expensive and worse. Yeah. Dominant combo. I, okay, yeah. I, okay, let's keep going with the trades because I want to get down through all the trades and then uh, we want to look at the playoff pictures from both sides and quickly grade every team as well. That's why this is going to be a long one. But uh, Colorado, they got Derek Broussard, speaking of former Penguins, for a yeah. third-round pick. I thought this was an okay deal. Uh, on both sides, actually. Yeah, it's fine. Florida flipped Broussard, so they, they gave up uh, Bukestad and, was it McCann? Yeah. And then they brought in Sheehan, a second and a fourth, and Broussard, I believe, and they flipped Broussard for a third. They might try and re-sign Sheehan. I don't think he, he didn't get flipped, but I don't mind this. I like this from uh, Florida's. You get an asset for a guy that you kind of just took on as a bad contract. Yep. Uh, Colorado, I don't hate it either. If he's your third center, hopefully you can just kind of revitalize his career and hope he works out a little better. Yeah, he was almost impressively bad in Pittsburgh, so maybe it works out well in a depth role in Colorado, and he enjoys having success again, and you can resign him or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if even if he doesn't work out well, you just don't resign him. I mean, kind of sucks for a third-round pick, but, like, go for it. Yeah, if uh, Florida's invested a lot of analytics and their an- amateur scouting staff, so... I'm all in favor of moves where Florida gives their nerds more bullets in the chamber. Yeah, and I should mention it was 2020 third-round pick, not this year. So Colorado still has two first-rounders and two third-rounders this year from Ottawa. Uh, well, one and then their own, obviously. I don't know what the depth of the draft looks like, but from smarter people than me who talk about the draft, uh, by the sounds of it, 2020 picks might be more valuable than 2019 picks. Yeah, so. I saw a tweet today saying, you know, look at how many 2020 picks are moving. It's not a ton, and... I would kind of agree with that. I think a lot of times you see people just offloading next year's picks instead. And, yeah, uh, the next year's draft inning is supposed to be pretty pretty deep. So. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because of, like, the first round or whatever. but okay. And then let's get into a couple, two big trades to kind of end our trade deadline in terms of what the actual trades were. Nashville Predators. So they oh, bring yeah. in uh, Marcus Granlin and Wayne Simmons. Should we do the – what one do you want to start with, I guess? Let's start with Simmons. Okay. This is way less I thought he was going to go for. I actually don't hate this for Nashville. Like, I thought whatever team was going to pick him up, I would. Yeah, like, uh, before, I think we both said this on the podcast before, but I was fully expecting our conversation about winners and losers. The biggest loser of the deadline, in my mind, was almost certainly going to be the team that acquired Wayne Simmons for a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and a decent prospect. They gave up Ryan Hartman and a fourth-round pick, and it becomes a third-rounder if uh, Nashville goes to the second round. So a third round pick, you could 
almost or, certainly a third round yeah. pick. Yeah. Well, well, maybe anything can happen. Yeah, hockey, that that division's pretty tough, but yeah. Like, oh wait, actually, they might have to play St. Louis. I yeah. keep forgetting about St. Louis. Never mind that. No, but yeah, either a third or a fourth, either a, th- either a third or a fourth, whatever. I don't. What are your thoughts on Hartman? I guess I think people both know our thoughts on Wayne Simmons. He's a he's not what he used to be. He's a bottom six player, but he can help you out on the power play in terms of being a power forward in front of the net. What about Hartman? I've had Hartman as a middle six forward two years in a row. He's probably a good third liner and a bad second liner. Like he's, you might downgrade on that, which is tough. But at the same time, I do I do think there is something to be said. I'm not huge about adding toughness or whatever, but I do think there's something to be said about adding a guy who uh, maybe is slightly worse on 5v5, but is you know there's a tangible thing on the power play that he can bring you. That's the biggest thing. with Like, Nashville's power play is low-key horrific. It's 31st in the league. Yeah, and for as much as we rip on Wayne Simmons because he is very, very underwhelming at 5-on-5, five five, um, the ability to get Nashville's power play going could be like the game-breaker. That gets them past Winnipeg. Yep, I I think this is a pretty solid move by Nashville. Uh, and and you, it, the rumor was a, a year ago or, or not a year ago, a week ago or so, there was teams came out and they said we're going to try and pry Simmons away. We're going to steal him from uh, Philly by just acting like we don't want him. But there was four teams who want him at the deadline. But at three o'clock they came to him. And uh, yeah, I don't. I think you. I think it's underwhelming from Philly. Uh, maybe there just wasn't much you could do, but. I mean, you get Hartman back, who's a fine player. and a... Like, I still think they got more than Wayne Simmons is worth. Yes. But I also just expected them to get more. Me too. I think it was underwhelming in terms of relative to what we were expecting. And maybe that's on us for expecting too much. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe we don't have enough faith in GMs. Yeah. And then the other trade they made, so they flipped Kevin Fiala from Mikel Granlin. Opinions on this? I kind of loved this trade from Minnesota's perspective. Kevin Fiala is an analytical darling, and it's always been said that Nashville just hasn't been thrilled with him. Yeah, I don't really know why. He never really seems to get a ton of ice time or anything in no Minnesota. But he's a very solid player in terms of that. Was the, he was one of the guys that if they Ottawa was sent one of their big three, I want them to target Fiala. The I love this from Minnesota because we always talk like everyone makes fun of Minnesota for being completely irrelevant. And I don't think they plan on bottoming out anytime soon because they actually are a decent hockey team. They're not great or anything, but they're not going to be picking in the lottery anytime soon. And everyone makes fun of them for not having star players. Well, Kevin Fiala has amazing underlying numbers in his career so far. He just hasn't had the on-ice goals catch up to those underlying numbers. So I really love taking a shot on this guy. And if the goals do catch up to his course and expected goals, this could look like a steal. Yep, totally agree. What are your opinions on Gramlin? He's a good top six player, but so like I like this trade from Nashville. Like, I, I guess yeah, for Nashville, you know you're getting better, but you're risking getting burnt in the long term. But again, yeah. I think if you're a contending team, sometimes you gotta do that. You gotta stop I mean, like that. that yeah. This is a smart hockey trade. Yeah, uh, exactly. So one uh, of the more fair trades. I really did like it from Minnesota a lot. Like a lot of people seemed. To be very angry at it from Minnesota. Yeah, I don't. I, I just feel like people don't realize how good Kevin Fiala underlying numbers are. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, quickly on the West playoff picture. So we, again, we we said it earlier. Six teams that I could legitimately see coming out of the West. Yeah, uh, the top of the West is ridiculous. Rank them. Now. Rank Put them? you on the spot. Rank them. All right. Um. So St. Louis did nothing today. Nashville added. Winnipeg added. Give me. San Jose won. Yeah. Oh, man. Calgary had Fattenberg, and that was it. 
God, I want to say St. Louis too, but I really don't like Jake Allen. And not that they're even playing. I mean, anymore. San Jose one. Yeah. Nashville two. You think so? Yes. Yeah, I think I probably agree with that. Then who? Vegas three. I was just gonna say Vegas three. I'm so excited to see Mark Stone on a hockey team. Me too. Actually, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess the Suns are a team, but I'm excited to see him on a good hockey team. I'll go. Woo. See, three to six is actually very close. I don't even one to six is pretty damn close. San Jose being number one is the only thing I would actually argue with someone. I can go San Jose and Nashville is my probably pretty clear cut one two in that order. But, I mean, even that, like, again, if one of those teams get upset, even in the first round by, well, maybe not in the first round if they win their division, but, you know, if they somehow slip to the second spot and, and get upset by one of the teams, eh, you know what? I like, could see it. Whoever of Winnipeg or Nashville comes second, they're going to get the Leafs and Boston treatment where it's like, congratulations on the great regular season, but yeah. you have to play a series in which your odds of winning are like 52%. And now the problem with that is even if you go to the one versus eight, that's still going to happen in the West just because that's how damn good the teams are. And that's why I think I would probably go Winnipeg five just because I like their star talent more and Calgary six. Yeah, I'd agree. Especially because Calgary didn't do anything today. I think the Kevin Hayes addition for Winnipeg is pretty big. Yeah, I agree. That's the other thing is I can imagine a scenario where Winnipeg kind of turns it around at five on five with their lineup set. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They seem too good to be as mediocre as they are at five on five. I would totally agree. I think, I mean, I think at the end of last year, too, right? They got hot right as they got in the playoffs. They, yeah. they started playing, you know, above 50% possession and they got real good. And so maybe maybe just hope that that's kind of the same thing here. They're maybe coasting a little more than a lot of teams would now, but uh, they're going to turn it on. I, that that's my, would be my only uh, thing. Yeah, I can see it. And they are first right now yeah. in their division anyways. Uh, I want to do some grades real quick. I'm just going to check time. 52 minutes or 53 minutes. Let's do 10 or 15 minutes on grades. All right. I'll give you a team. You tell me how you think their deadline went. All right. A to D grade, well, A to F, A to F. Uh, let's start with, I'll, I'll go with the cap-friendly cap teams. Detroit Red Wings. Um, B, I guess. C plus. I was going to give him a C plus. There was uh, one of the athletic roundtables, again, Tyler Dello talked about how, like, you know, picks more picks is good, but I don't really understand celebrating GMs who just sit there and sell off assets, like, I don't think they did anything amazing, but they did okay on the trades they made, and I don't think they made enough trades. Yeah, they so. did what rebuilding teams are supposed to do. Generally, they were fine. Capitals. Uh, a minus. I, I really like Jensen. I think him an A. Yeah. Um, I think just for the the cheap cost that they got him too is huge. Yeah, and getting two pieces like their blue lines kind of struggled this year. Getting yeah. Jensen to shore that up, and then Haglin's a great defensive forward. Yeah, now you have a, a, a top four of Carlson, uh, Jensen, Kempney, Niskanen, or or like the sorry top five, I guess I'll say, and then Juice as your sixth guy. Yeah, that's or, great. Or picks, I guess they'll probably play him, but that's a solid, a solid. Uh, on paper, that looks really good. Very good. Uh, St. Louis didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I guess. I can never really fault teams for not buying at the deadline. I'll probably give them a C2, I think. Prices are usually ridiculous, so if 
the team if all the team does is not overpay for someone, I don't really want to fault anyone for that. If I'm being totally honest, I'm just happy they didn't actually sell at this year's deadline, <laughs> like they <laughs> have in the last two years, yeah, uh, or three years or whatever. Uh, Edmonton, F. Yep, completely. How do you? So I was gonna bring this up as a separate point, and I thought we could just get into grading. How do you not do anything? At this? How do you not sell sell a single piece at this deadline? Are you kidding me? Even worse, it's not like anyone didn't want any of their shitty players. It's that they didn't want to trade them. They had offers for Zach Cassian. They had offers for Alex Chason, but they didn't think it was high enough. So they thought, eh, we'll just keep them. Are you kidding me? Oh, this this is just one of the Ottawa's the worst owned franchise. This has to be the worst run franchise. Yeah, I don't like. Alex Chason has literally just found money. Like, the benefits of Chason doing what he did this year is it means you get to sign a third-round pick. Yeah, or even, or, like, a, like six, a fifth or a sixth. Yeah. Like, you get a pick. You know, get one for free. I know that's not much, but, man, like, when you're retooling, just getting something like that is so needed. The same with Zach, Zach Cassian isn't an amazing player. I bet you a team probably still would have given him a third or a fourth. He seems like the kind of player you could get another team to fall in love with. Yeah, That's and a... there was rumors that a couple teams wanted him, but they decided they didn't want to move on. They didn't want to sell both of them for sure. I was like, are you... like this team realizes it needs to sell money. It needs to get picks. Come on! Yeah, like they're so um, like dry of assets. Just even the ability to get a fourth, two fourths for Cassian and Chason just to have... You're, like, does this team still think they're making the playoffs? God, I hope not. Because, like, I just... If they come out and say, ah, oh, yeah, we're just going to use them as our own rental, I'm going to be very, very confused. Like, they've, they're seven points... No, they're more than that. They're eight points back of a playoff spot with 20 games left. Yeah, I didn't understand this at all. Uh, all right. I can yell about them in a later <laughs> podcast. San Jose... Um, what do we got for San Jose? The Nyquist trade. Nyquist trade. That was it. I believe so. They may I have made. Like they, did they do something else small? Oh, they, they traded for Michael Haley, didn't they? Um, that sounds right. Oh, and they picked up Jonathan Deline actually from uh, Vancouver. That was a low key nice move. Yep. They went two for three. Then I really don't like that they picked up Michael Haley. I hope they do not play him because I'm probably going to be picking them to win the West. But I don't actually see Haley's name anywhere on here. He's on their cap friendly, and I know he did. Oh, okay. He started. The maybe that was maybe that was an earlier thing then. Uh, yeah. So what B plus. B plus. I like Nyquist. Yeah, I would probably say the same. And uh, Darlene's a low key great pickup for a team that's basically yeah. looking to add and go all in now to get a good young player. Is he nice struggled too. in the AHL this year, and I guess Vancouver went all right. Screw this. We'll sell him at his lowest point. Such a classic hockey thing. Yeah. Uh, Dallas. Uh, Zuccarello just out of Zuccarello. Yeah. Uh, C plus, I guess. I'll give him a B. Yeah, they paid, like I said, they paid less than I think Zuccarello was worth, but I don't think they're a particularly good team, so. No, but I'm I think you, gonna... I think you kind of need to go for it. Yeah, I'm not going to celebrate for them, but. Pittsburgh. God, F minus. I'll give them a, that was their only move, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll probably give them an F. Ah, uh, they made something else small. Who was it? Did they not add it? A... They did something else really, really little, but. F minus. Oh, Chris Weidman. They brought in Chris Weidman for John Sebastian Day. I don't mind that actually, but I'm, that's still an F. God, adding Gabranson, who has two who, more years. Who left. you know they're gonna play. You know they're gonna play. Yep. Like I can't. 
I couldn't imagine looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins and thinking, wow, what we need more of is Eric Goodbranson in our lineup. <laughs> yeah. Because Jack Johnson wasn't enough. Calgary. Uh, pretty much stayed put. Just got Oscar Fattenberg for a fifth, I believe. Uh, again, C+. Plus. Yeah. Prices I, are stupid high. So Even a B-, minus. I think this staying put's probably... This, they have a decent team. I don't think this is the time to go for it if I'm this team. I think wait... The, the core generally is still pretty young. I think wait for two more years until maybe you hope one like the Nashvilles or the or San Jose for sure won't be as good. You hope maybe the Nashvilles or the Winnipegs die down a little bit and you can take your good shot then. Yeah, they have a good, relatively young team. No major pending UFAs, so they did uh, fine. Anaheim? They had the Montour deal. I kind of like that trade from them. What else do they do? Uh, Brian Gibson, Gibbons for Patrick Seeloff to Ottawa, <laughs> and that's it. That's certainly a trade. <laughs> Um, I'll give them like a B minus. Yeah, I'll go B. Like I'm trying to think, B is an average probably. I go B plus. I really like that they added a first round pick and mm. got a good young defenseman. Tampa Bay didn't do anything. I don't think. Like, I don't even know if they made a minor trade. I don't think they did. Um. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do anything today. I really thought it would be cool to see them commit to something, but also, again, I cannot fault anyone for thinking, wow, our team's really, really good right now. Yeah, I talked about this with Ian on the pod- podcast last week. Uh, I kind of understand where they're coming from in terms of you don't want to sell the farm just for one year when the NHL is so random. And, I mean, I just don't know who they'd add on forward to really make depth. I mean, maybe you could have... It could have been cool to see them add like a Zuccarello or something like that and just really cement their bottom six. And like if Zuccarello's your eighth best forward or something like that, I think that would be insane. Yeah, but, that would be nuts if they could have added yeah. Zuccarello for like a But like I don't I don't again, think they but... needed to. Maybe a defenseman to bump Dan Girardi out of playing so many minutes, but I don't yeah, know. That would I'll give nice. them like a that's fine. B minus B ish. Like just yeah. sitting standing pat when you have the best team in the NHL is probably okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm, it's hard to argue against it. Yeah. Um, L.A. They, uh, they sold Haglin, right? Yes. Loss. They sold Fantenberg for a fourth. And Haglin. That was it probably, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. They had done a minor league trade. So, uh, C, I guess. I would have liked to see them sell someone old and expensive. I would have actually say they did I well. would have liked to see them sell like a Jeff Carter or someone like that. Yeah, I guess or Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, like if they did that, that's how it would push them into wow, you did something really good territory. But I guess they traded Muzzin, which was yeah, yeah. I guess we we, we could consider that a little bit too. But I still would have liked to see them do more. This team's not going anywhere. No, like I would have like, loved to see them start trying to shed. Yes, um, I don't know if that was possible, so I can't be too harsh on them for not doing it. But oh, uh, we missed a trade. Uh, Boston picked up Marcus Johansson. Oh, yeah, I like that trade for Boston a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, Johansson hasn't quite been the same player since Marshan ended them with a head hit. <laughs> I think it was Marshan. But uh, they gave up a second and a fourth. I could see this working out. I could see, I think, I like it from New Jersey's perspective a lot as yep. well. I think for a guy you weren't going to resign, second and fourth, pretty good. They retained 40% of the salary as well, which I think probably helped getting a second uh, or moving one of those picks up. Uh, what do you think for Boston? I think that was pretty much their only move. Yeah, the Bruins are a very good hockey team, and they got better. So, it's, again, hard to complain about that. They didn't pay an enormous price for one year of Marcus Johansson. He's a good, very versatile player. Yeah, I guess they picked up Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato as well. I, mean, yeah. I never got your thoughts on that. Uh, 
if Charlie Coyle was a hockey, or if the Minnesota Wild were a hockey player, they would be Charlie Coyle. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Vegas, A plus, right? I think Vegas won the deadline. Me too. Uh, I mean, giving up Branstrom uh, does suck, but man, getting how often can you truly say that a player or a team got a top ten, top fifteen player at the deadline? Well, that's the thing is like, how many players do you think got traded today that actually moved the needle? Like. <laughs> One? I think Stone obviously does. It depends what you consider moving the needle, I guess. Like, I think Hayes I think Hayes kind of does. Um, but no one to the extent Stone does. You know, Duchesne kind of does. Duchesne, yeah. But, like, Duchesne Nyquist kind of does. But, like, again, those guys aren't, like... Like, Nyquist and Zuccarello help. But, like, Duchesne yeah. tangibly increases your cup odds. Yeah. For the foreseeable future, too. I love this pickup. And I think it's Stone. Oh, right. I do, mean, <laughs> I, do, I do mean Stone, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love it from Vegas. Uh, Branstrom, obviously, giving up good prospects sucks. But you kept your first. That's good. I, again, I think that late first are probably a little overrated. But uh, you kept... Not only you kept your first, look how many picks they have this year. Yeah, they still have a they million have, picks. Their first, their, their second, their third. They have Nashville and Winnipeg's third. And they have three fifth-rounders as well. They don't have a sixth or seventh, but they have their fourth, too. So, like, good on them. Yeah, they're a very good team. Yeah. Uh Buffalo, they did the Brandon Montour thing, and uh, they sold Nathan Beaulieu somewhere as well. I think to Winnipeg. Uh, oh yeah, I actually kind of like Nathan Beaulieu. I don't mind him either. Uh, I want to see him get a little more ice time. I, I find it weird he, he was the seventh defenseman in Buffalo. They got sixth for him. Um, That's a trade again. Yeah. Um, God, I don't really know what to think of the Montour trade. It's. I think I like it more from Anaheim's perspective than Buffalo's, but I don't yeah. really hate it from Buffalo's. So. I don't like a C plus or B minus. I think it's the right idea in terms of they do need NHL players. So yeah, I can't really fault them for, for at least understanding what their issue is. Yeah, I'll go see. I don't think they did anything horrific. Florida, just the Broussard thing. They didn't end up training Mike Hoffman or anything like that. Um, I probably wouldn't have sold Hoffman either. He's still under contract, so Broussard for a third, B minus. C plus B minus right around there. Yeah. Um Winnipeg, they had uh Hayes, Lindholm, Bull U. Um, I really like the Hayes and Bull U trade and I didn't really understand the uh what's it called trade at all, the Lindholm trade, but the Hayes trade is clearly way more impactful than that. Yeah. Everything else, so B plus I guess. I would give them a B plus or an A minus, I think. Uh, yeah. They found their second line center. Yep. Good for uh, them. Minnesota. What did they do? They got Fiala. Yeah, that was a decent one. Uh, they also got Michael Kapla for Ryan Murphy. Wow. And they traded Matt Hendricks for a seventh round pick. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to say an A. I really, really liked the Kevin Fiala trade. And they got Donato, too, if you want to include that. Right. So, yeah, I would say an A as well. Yeah, they got... Donato and Fiala, it's two good young pieces for a team that needs to get younger. Yeah, I really like that. Oh, not selling Mark Stahl, actually. B. I really wish they could have got like a first-round pick for Mark Stahl. That's fair enough. Because like, the odds are so heavily against them making like doing anything in the yeah. playoffs. And I don't, I don't even think re-signing him makes sense for them. So Yeah, what is he, 34? Yep. 30, yeah. Um, all right, who else? Columbus? Um... I'll give them an A for fun. You know yeah. what? I think the value of the trades they made, I didn't think was horrible. 
No, on their own, no. And the McQuaid thing sucked, but, you know, Dezingle, I think they overpaid compared to the market, but in terms of Dezingle's worth, it's probably fine. I mean, you know what? All right, if I'm judging this by, like, hockey, actually, what they were doing, probably a C. I was going to say, I'd probably go relatively low. If I'll still give them an A, though, because I do like it. I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just love, like I said last time we talked, they're, they've been so irrelevant for so long. This is probably the best they'll be in a while. Push all your chips in, and if you're going to do it, I, do it. I say, I really like not sitting in the middle, like you said. If you if they would have sold, I would have been fine with it. But if you're not going to sell, don't not buy. Buy yeah. and go for it. Yeah, don't just sit there with your exact team who's in ninth place and be like, well, it'll yeah. probably be fine. Rangers, Zuccarello, and Hayes trades. I'll get like an A-, minus probably. Yeah, they did. They well, did what they were supposed to do. They, very much like, uh, who else did we talk about? Uh, De- Detroit? Detroit, yeah, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They got a fourth from a Quaid, which was yeah, that's a, that's impressive. another right, very good. I, I'd give them like an A minus or so, maybe even eh, probably an A minus. I would say. Yeah, they did. Toronto, uh, just the part Lindholm thing, and Jake Muzzin, I guess if you really want to throw that in, I think they. I don't. I'm not going to count that though. I think they obviously did their buying before, and I think I'd say A if you count the Muzzin trade, and probably. B if I give them B. They yeah. this is a team that probably just needs they just need to figure out their usage. They need their coach to figure out their usage, and they still <laughs> got better somehow. Like I, I think I legitimately do think that this team probably got better by adding Nick Patan. Yeah, uh, Gautier most likely comes out of the lineup for Patan, and then if Ron Hainsey comes off your third pair, that could be your biggest deadline acquisition that you could dream of. So yep, Nashville. Give an A as well, actually, just for not overpaying on Simmons and realizing where your team's weakness is in terms of the power play and getting something that could actually physically help that for a low price. The Fiala trade, I know it's good on Winnipeg or Minnesota's, but again, this team's kind of all in to win. Upgrading in terms of just right now, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the Fiala trade I really like because it gives Minnesota a shot at a star player in the future, but I think there's no question Granlin's a better player today, and that's what Nashville needs, so that was good for them. Yep. Uh, Chicago. Did they do anything? They did nothing. I'm going to give them a D because of that. Same thing as LA. I would have loved to see them. Now, the thing with Chicago is they've figured out that they think they've worked their way into a wild card spot or position anyways to look for one. They're still five points out and they played a bunch of easy teams. (laughs) That's the problem for me. I don't think they're, they went on a hot streak and they went, okay, so we don't need to sell. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're a good team now. Screw the last year and a half of evidence that we're not. Yep. Uh, so I, I think that's They're a... They're last in the center. <laughs> hey, they picked up Peter Holland for Darren Radish. Oh, that's fine, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, I don't... I didn't like their deadline at all. I'm, I'm not going to give it an F because I don't think they're quite at the point where... I don't think they have anything to sell that's like Edmonton did. LA. I don't know what they could have done, but... But still, like, I just... I would have liked to see them do something. Yeah, right? to actually do well, you have to shed money and get younger. But they didn't do that. Uh, Arizona. Another team that, I think, pretty much just stayed put. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with this, I think. Yeah, they still... They have all their picks. Um, they probably should have sold Richard Panic. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I So, okay, here's the thing. It's kind of in the same realm of, like, Columbus where... How long can you truly be a bad rebuilding team for is the problem I have. This team is legitimately just a couple points out of a playoff spot. I don't know if they're going to make it, but considering they don't have half their freaking team playing for them right now, it's kind of impressive for uh, that they are there. And I do think that if you're the GM, it it, it does give, I'm not trying, I don't like, obviously, I don't love intangibles, but it does give a bad look when your team um, is, you know, 
expected to be out of it for so long, and they're still grinding towards a playoff spot, and go, nah, you guys, I'm going to sell. Yeah, like, I get why they might not want them to sell them, but... I'll probably give them a C. Oh, it goes... C minus, maybe. Oh, like, D plus. I really think they should have sold them. I understand the rationale for not doing it, but I disagree with it. Um, the one little move they did make I didn't actually like, Michael Chaput for Jordan Wheel. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Chaput's analytics are not very good, to, to put it uh, put it briefly. Wheel's had okay numbers yeah, in the he's, past. He's fine. Um, Montreal. Uh, what did Montreal do? They that added a lot of trades. Wheel. They had a lot of smaller ones. They didn't do anything major, and I think that's the right call. That's very Mark Bursch, man, at the deadline. Uh, the problem, they had a little bit ago, they picked up, like, the Nate Thompson and Christian Folland. I think you deserve a D for adding Nate Thompson. <laughs> if, if you want to include those. I mean, Nate Thompson's defensive responsibility is okay, I guess. I just don't think it's better than what they had. You know, yeah. like, Houdon is in there, and, yeah. Like, I don't know. If we don't include the Nate Thompson one, they just didn't do anything but add wheels, so... B, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't think this team should have done anything because I, I have said that I think that they are a very sneaky good team, but at the same time, I don't think they should be looking to add any. Like, I don't think they should be looking to spend big assets and try and win now or whatever. No, they should absolutely not be going for it, and they don't really have any players that they could have sold. No, I don't think they should have sold at all. I think just kind of going with this core, letting them get some, you know, having a guy like Kakanyami get some playoff experience could be huge. Yeah. Um, so I would agree with just staying put, which is what they did. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Philly, Wayne Simmons deal. Was that it? I believe so. Uh, Philadelphia. Oh, and uh, David Schlemko again. That was the Dale Weiss thing. Oh, in right. February 9th. That was like three three weeks ago, though. I'm not really gonna count that. Cam Talbot a little while ago. If that's your stuff, and then Ryan Hartman for Wayne Simmons. So let's just go Simmons just today. Um. I, this is really hard to evaluate because I think they again I think they got more than Simmons is worth and I also think they didn't do as well as they should have. So I really don't know what to give this trade. I'll give it a maybe a C. I think I wanted to see them maybe do something else as well, like sell Michael Raffle. Yeah, dude. The problem with that again, they're another team that's kind of tricked themselves lately into thinking that they might be able to push for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think their odds are like six percent. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're seven points out, but you know, they're like, oh, we've gone on a bit of a run. Maybe we can do it. Maybe they saw Pittsburgh buying good brands with their deadline <laughs> acquisition. Yeah, uh, Vancouver. Look at Monet. Yeah, getting out of Good Branson's cap it is. And huge. getting like a tangible asset back for it. Yep. Uh, the Deline thing I don't like as much. By any means. Um, no, I don't like that at all. I think that's just kind of quick to be giving up on a player like that, but uh, I don't think that's huge either. Like, No, I don't. That's relatively like speaking. Them. But uh, Ottawa, this is an interesting one. What do you give Ottawa? This is actually the toughest one. I will probably give them an A. And maybe that's just me being a complete homer. I think getting three second rounders... Uh, two first round, or could be two first round, at least one first rounder, and a blue chip prospect for your three guys. I think the reason they had to trade them is a different problem. But in terms yes. of what Pierre Dorian had to do, I think he did okay. Yeah, the I'll probably go B plus. Like the tra- it's so hard to remove the actual trades and put them in a vacuum and not think of the stink surrounding them. Yes, which is probably why. But the trains themselves were. I thought the trades themselves were good. I th- again, I think the Mark Stone one is weird because I do want more, but I still think you know getting a legit blue pro- uh, blue chip prospect back for him is huge. I would take that any day over a twenty sixth overall first round pick or whatever, without question. Um, so that's good. 
I would have liked to see him get a little more, but at the same time, I think he knocked the par- uh, knocked it out of the park with his single trade, especially relative to value. I think he did pretty good on the Duchesne trade as well. Uh, again, when you yeah, you have as you look at Duchesne as a sunk cost. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I mean, again, I don't think this is enough to really save his job. I think he's proven for a year, two or three years now, that he's incapable of being a good GM. That's not just a puppet, but. Yeah, I don't think this saves his job. But no, credit it, where credit is due, I think he did fine. And they're loaded up on picks next year, which looks like a pretty good draft. And they did get some picks back for this year, you know, which they were missing. Eh. Yeah, like they did. I think they they did reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, they did fine. I think as a seller, they I, I don't know if there's a better true seller than they were this year. But, I mean, they also had the best assets to give up. So. Yeah. Yeah, they did, again, they're in that Detroit tier where they did exactly what they're supposed to, but just getting Branstrom, like someone who you could, you can easily see Branstrom being like a first pair defenseman. Yep, him and Shabbat and Willannon, and, you know, they they got a decent looking future there now. Yeah, if they only had their first round pick this year, this would be like one of the easier teams. Oh, imagine if they had Gerard and Kamenev instead of, uh, like, imagine you give up Cody CC instead of making Nashville throw something in, then you go, okay, Cam Nevin, Gerard for Turris. Yeah. Even if you didn't have your first round pick, or like, or let's say you just don't do that deal at all. You just go Turris for Gerard and Kamenev. My gosh, man, what this team could have been. Yeah, even. this team would look like they're in a, they would look terrible now. You might still, not have even look... had to sell Eric Carlson, if that's the case. Yeah, they would look really good going forward if they could have done that. <sighs> Islanders didn't do anything. Nothing at all. Uh, I kind of like that for the Islanders. Give them a B plus. I don't like. I'm not going to give above average for two main teams for literally doing nothing. But that's a perfect situation for them. I think. I don't think they should have bought. I think if they would have bought, unless it would have been just some insane steal, probably would have been less than that. Uh, I wouldn't have liked it. But uh, this team, you know, you can't sell either. They could look like I. Yeah, it would be tough to like. They could lose a bunch of UFAs yeah. and it would look bad. But I. You can't sell when you're the first Metro team. No, like, it'd be so hard to be go to your owner and say, hey, we're going to punt when you're leading <laughs> your division. Yeah. But, like, they could look brutal if they lose Eberle, uh, Brock Nielsen, and Anders Lee. But, again, the thing is, um, I don't know if they will lose. They might lose one of those guys for sure. Even if they lose two of them. Yeah, but I think really this really run really probably, I would assume Lee would probably come back. Yeah, he's their captain. Yeah, I would think he's got the best odds to come back. I could see Brock Nelson maybe come back too, and maybe not Everly, or maybe Everly stays and Nelson doesn't. I think if they go on even a little bit of, if they can win one series in this playoffs, which I'm not sure they can, but if they can, I think that would almost persuade guys to stay a little more as well. Yeah, it, just, it seems like they are one of those you know well knit groups or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, winning cures all too. So. Yeah, uh, Colorado, um, Derek Broussard was their only thing for a third rounder. Uh, that's fine. They they have Ottawa's first round pick this year, so and they added scoring depth was what they need, or supposedly they added something that could be scoring depth. Yeah, a B might B B. Yeah, you're playing with those. Like I said, yeah. they still have a top five pick. So the Devils, Marcus Johansson trade. Uh, again, same thing as Detroit. <laughs> And Keith Kincaid trade, I guess. So they had a second, fourth, and fifth this year, the, I believe. No, the fifth is in twenty twenty two. They picked up Connor Carrick for Ben Lovejoy as well, and a third. I like that trade. That's a pretty good trade. So they picked up a second, third, fourth, fifth, Connor Carrick. I'll give them a B-plus. That's a yeah, pretty good, good for a team that's uh, uh, a lot of people, if you're, if you're into advanced analytics, know wasn't probably going to be that great. 
think that's a decent haul. Yeah, they were the last year's PDO team that everyone expected to create. Or and did. Carolina did absolutely nothing. What are your thoughts on them? Good for them. I think so, too. I, I like that they kept Furlan. I could understand why you'd want to sell, but again, they're kind of like, you just need to make the playoffs at this point. They're kind of like Arizona, where how many years can you truly rebuild? Yeah, just for the love of God, do something. They made the Jeff Skinner trade look even worse by giving up Cliff Pooh for future <laughs> considerations. That but, was brutal. Yeah. Uh, other than that, that was our deadline uh, recap, guys. I hope you enjoyed. This is by far our longest episode, almost a minute 20. I'm not going to edit this, I don't think, at all, really. Just crank I'm out. just going to probably, I'll look through and make sure there's no huge gaps or anything. But, yeah, uh, this should be out probably by 7.30, 8 uh, Eastern tonight. So, hopefully you guys are listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Let us know what you think. You can find my work at lastwordonhockey.com. I broke down the Ryan Zingle trade. I might be breaking down the Mark Stone trade tonight. And I also have weekly stuff out as well. Find Chase's stuff at... Uh, I guess just on Twitter, probably, CMHockey66. Find me on Twitter at NHL Sons and stuff. Have a good week, guys, and we will see you next week.